Baseball 365 Podcast. And here are your hosts, Justin Hughes and Andrew McQuiston. Welcome to Episode 75 of the Baseball 365 Podcast. I am Justin Hughes, and I hope you're all as excited as Andrew and myself are because we are now less than 48 hours from Major League Baseball. Tonight is the predictions episode where Andrew and I are going to be giving our award winners as well as division winners, World Series winners, and we may get some bold predictions in there at the end. You can follow us on Twitter at Baseball365Pod. You can follow myself at JustinHughes365. And you can follow Andrew at AMCQ82. Okay, let's get Andrew on. Andrew, baseball's coming. So my first question, what are your plans for Thursday night slash and, or, and or Friday? Uh, Thursday night, I'll be in front of the TV watching both games, and Friday I have to work, so oh, I'll probably be on what I can on Friday. I mean, when I get off, I'll be watching, so. So in other words, you're not going to be productive at work Friday? <laughs> uh, good chance of that, but you said it. <laughs> you said it, not me. <laughs> no, just in case of any of anybody associated with Andrew's company. Is listening. No, you'll be a great worker, and there will be nothing. You will for completely forget there's any baseball on. Yeah, of course. no, none, no <laughs> looking at your phone or any of that. What about? Do you have any opening day eating traditions? Anything you typically do, or not really? No, not traditions really. I mean, a lot of t- the last, I think the last couple of years, at least the last two, it's been on Thursday, mm-hmm. like the full slate, you know, which is a little different this year. They're only a couple of games, but, um, no, just whatever I can get my hands on that I think is good, I guess. Last couple of years, I've cooked broths on opening day, that the opening Thursday. And I think this year I'm going burgers. I've started cooking a lot more burgers the last few months. And I think that will be what I do that day. I've, I may have mentioned this on the podcast. I think I did, but my wife's going to be picking up my daughter and taking her to the in-laws that night, and I'm just going to be having the house to myself, and it's going to be glorious. Yeah, it's awesome. I was originally thinking I was going to go on and work that day just because I work to uh, – usually on Fridays I can be done in the afternoon before those games start. Not much is going on, but I'm like, you know what? I don't even want to risk anything coming up. So I'm taking the day off, not doing a thing, preparing for baseball all day. Nice. I'm jealous. Before we, well, I'll go back into that. Actually, I promised myself when I took this job, my job I've had for seven years that I'd never work a major league baseball opening day again, because I worked just about every single one for about 15 years straight before. And yeah, yeah, I definitely am trying to keep to it basically. Yeah. I should have added, I'm taking the first week of August off. So it's kind of like, one of those things where I could t- I could have taken Friday, but I've got some vacation time because I had it just saved up through all the COVID and everything. Mm-hmm. So I'm just take. I told myself I'm going to save some time for once baseball gets rolling, if it does. So I'm going to take a week off first first week of August. That'll be a fun week. I, yeah, it'll be good. I remember. Oh, I don't remember if it was my first year or second year with this job. I actually got bronchitis right on the first week of the season. And I'm like, well, it sucks, but that was the best time to ever get sick in my life. 
I just laid there and watched yeah. baseball all week, and it was fabulous. Yeah. Oh, who sweet. was who was that Astros first baseman that struck out all the time but hit bombs? Right-handed guy, and I think he ended up in Japan just from like five years ago. Le- oh. I think he even led the majors in homers one year. Had a huge Chris stat. Carter. Chris, Chris Carter, Carter. Yes. Yeah. I drafted him the year after he had that huge second half where he hit 250 and hit like 80 bombs in 40 games. <laughs> And I watched him every single at bat that week. And by about the second or third day, I'm like, "Uh oh, I made a mistake." <laughs> That's what I always remember associate also with that bronchitis week. Yeah. Anyways, we're getting off track. Uh, I did want to follow up on something before we get going that we mentioned on our last episode. For those of you that do play in fantasy dynasty leagues, Fantrax has added a setting where commissioners can allow players who have chosen to opt out for the season to be placed on the injured list. And if you play in Fantrax leagues, which if you play in dynasty leagues, Andrew and I would both agree it's the best site for dynasty. And no, they're not paying us to say that. We have no affiliation with them outside of we love them. Make sure your commissioner has this option enabled so opt-out players aren't wasting roster spots for your team. Pretty awesome Fantrax is doing that, isn't it, Andrew? Yeah, yeah, pretty cool. I was hoping they'd get it done, so yeah, really happy they did. Yep, it's nice. So now it's just you're not getting hamstrung with players that if you've got, I don't I don't know if Buster Posey's the best example or, or really David Price is probably the best example. Yeah, David Price, I would right say. Now. Yeah. And, yeah, you're not having to just have a dead spot on your team. Beautiful. Okay, well, let's get these predictions started, and we're going to start off talking about division winners, wild card, and World Series matchups. You ready to get this going, Andrew? Absolutely. All right, do you want to start with American League or National League? Doesn't make a difference. You pick. Okay, we'll just do it like I wrote in the notes then. And we're going to start with the American League East because East always matters more. Or at least that's (laughs) what sometimes we joke about the media. Anyways, AL East, who's the division winner? I've got the Yankees. Uh, Really no surprise, I don't think. But, yeah, I just think they're the best team. Uh, Deep, like they've got a lot of their stars that were hurt are healthy right now which helps their case even more. And, um, yeah, I'm just going with them. I should say, I should say just off the top too, I think this year, just in general, a lot of this, I mean, there could be a lot of random stuff happen. So I don't feel great about most of this, but we're going to go with it. Unless the Orioles won the division, then. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's yep. one of the few things I think I'd rule out, but <laughs> anything else is kind of open game. You mean, um, oh, who's their opening day starter that they announced? The lefty, Tommy, Tommy, Tommy Malone. Malone. Tommy Malone's not going to carry them to a division three. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Okay, I got the Yankees, too. Yes, they're just so loaded, adding Garrett Cole. They're healthy right now, and they were injured and beat up last year and won over 100 games. So, yeah, they're the clear favorites even though there are other good teams which we'll get to here in a little bit all right american league central this one a little more open than the previous than than the east i think who do you got andrew i'm taking the white Sox. i i I hate saying it but um yeah i just think they have 
a lot of young talent that is kind of um, all about to hit here. I don't know. I just like their team. I like it more in a short season, too. Well, our 162-game season, they might not have been my pick, but, um, yeah, I'm going with them. Yeah, just got to start hot, and they've got a lot of exciting young kids, all at, and they've got some guys that could definitely break out. I'm going with the Twins. I'm going with the favorites. I think you would say the Twins are the favorites. I'm going to go with them. Uh, their lineup is ridiculous. It was ridiculous last year. They've traded out C.J. Cron, and they are putting in Josh Donaldson. So on paper, that makes their offense better. Doesn't mean they're going to be a better offense because it went really right last year. And they did add pitching a little bit of pitching with Kente Maeda. I think that was a good trade. On the same note, their pitching definitely is their weak part of their team. So we'll that it, that's going to be the part I think that's make or break for them. They got to get enough out of their pitching. Jake Odorizzi needs to have a good follow up from last year. But yep, I'm going with the Twins. Yeah, okay, no, no arguments there. That's no. good. That'll be close. What about the AL West? This one. I don't know. This one's kind of interesting to me. I, I'm i going with Oakland. Um, yeah, again, I just I like their team as a whole. I, I feel like the Astros just have a lot of distractions. I think the loss of Cole. And I just I don't feel nearly as good about the rotation when you look at it without him. I mean, after Verlander and Granke, if either one of them slips, I mean – that goes from being a strength to possibly being a weakness. I don't know. I just don't love Houston's outlook this year, but they're still really talented. I, I do. I actually kind of like the angels too, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, I'm going, I'm going with Oakland this year. I was hoping you were not going to take them because I am taking Oakland also. I've done, I did the same thing. I think a 60 game season helps them because guys like Jesus Lazardo who, I mean, yeah, he's not going to be around to start the year, but he's going to be around to finish the year and pitch, if they make the playoffs, pitch through the playoffs. I think they're a team that has an advantage for a shortened season over the Astros. I just I love their makeup. I think they've got good chemistry, and yeah, I, got, I have them winning the division also. Okay, well, two wild cards. Who are your two wild card teams? I went with the uh, the Rays and the Twins. So There's Houston's not even making the playoffs here. Yeah, Houston misses the playoffs. Um, okay. But, yeah, there's there's a handful. Of t- I mean, I, <laughs> I kind of wanted to take the Jays. I, kinda, I mean, the Indians, I think you could make the argument. Obviously, Houston, you can. And, but, yeah, I went with Rays and Twins. Those are my, uh, those are my playoff teams for the, for the AL. So. It's a little harder to take the Jays now that we know they're going to have to play 60 games on the road also. That yeah. does not help them. I always I think back of oh the Saints with that Katrina year and just how big of a mess it was when they played the entire year basically on the road. And they were without a quarterback, different story, but Blue Jays, you know, they were a team that people wanted to pick to be one of these breakout teams. I think this really hurts them just being a young team and not being at home at all during the year. Definitely could. It felt like a little bit of a stretch. It was, it's hard for me to leave out the Rays. you know, Mm -hmm. just, it's just hard to, 
but no, yeah. No, they got three guys who are borderline aces on that team with Snell, Morton, and Glassnow. Any of those three, I think I would not be that floored if they were like a Cy Young candidate this year. Yeah. To where when you add that with the depth that they have, good bullpen, yeah, I, they're they're a really good team. I I would it wouldn't shock me if they actually won that division over the Yankees. I'm not picking it, but I think they've got enough. They have enough depth, and they have more pitching than the Yankees do. But the Yankees just have so much more hitting. But I do have the Astros getting in. You're right with everything you're saying in terms of there's a lot of bad mojo on that team. Uh, they've got Jordan Alvarez who's missing right now, and I, yeah, the Altuve got dinged up today. As we haven't heard, we'll hear tomorrow about what went on with him. It might be nothing, but he's got a leg injury as of today, and. The, they really don't need to be having any more injuries right now to their offense because their offense is going to need to carry them possibly because their pitching is not in the same boat it was last year. Who's okay. Your, uh, who's your other one? Oh, ha- Astros and Rays. Astros Those are the Rays. two. Yep. I thought so, but I just make sure you said it there. Yes. All right, well, let's move to the National League. Who do you have winning the East, which is, a, again, for the second year in a row, a very interesting division? I've got the uh, the Nationals. I just I think it's an interesting division, but I just think they're the best team. So going with them, um, I wouldn't be shocked if it was the Braves, and I think the Phillies have a chance to. Agreed. I originally picked the Nationals when I wrote this up two days ago, and I changed it the mo- when I was thinking about it. I um. They've got nothing behind those top three pitchers in terms of pitching, and they also lost Rendon, and that's a that's a big dent out of their offense in the middle of the lineup, even though Soto is emerging into a star right now. He is a star. But I just, the more I thought about it, I'm like, man, all it takes is one ding up for one of those pitching, and then you got those two studs and three guys behind them. Are you worried at all? I was reading reports today that Patrick Corbin pitching right now is throwing like 87 to 90 miles an hour. Is that concerning at all to you, or are you thinking? I like that? I haven't really thought about it because I wasn't. I didn't. I saw it earlier today, but I just was kind of busy. That I wasn't. No chance to really process it. So I don't know. I'd have to look a little more into it. Yeah. Anyways, I got the Braves. I just feel like they're a little more equipped to. I mean, they've got more depth on their team to where I'm just taking the depth, even though it's a shortened season. It's more of a burst. And I was thinking about that with the Nats at first. One of the other swaying thoughts was there are so many less off days because at first I was like, they might just skip their starter anytime they can because of the sprint here, but there's so few off days. I don't know if that's going to be a big option. Isn't it like 60 games in 65 days or something like that? Yeah, 66, I think, yeah. Yeah, so there are not going to be many off days to skip starters and all that, and the Nats could use it. But... Also wouldn't shock me if they won it. Same for the Phillies. I even would give the Mets an outside shot if things broke right, but I'm not going to pick them to win the division again this year. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. I do remember being shocked about that, though. Yes, I got one Mets prediction right, and really right, and one really wrong. Okay, uh, NL Central, who do you got? So this one... I was thinking about it. I think that 
all of the teams besides the Pirates are about 25%. I mm-hmm. think that it's like dead even. And uh, I'm pretty shocked I'm doing this, but I'm taking the Reds. Uh, as soon as you said I'm shocked, I knew you were taking them. Yeah, I'm taking the Reds. I like the um, – I there's each team has flaws. Like mm-hmm. I think the Reds just – I mean, I like them overall, I think, the most. I like – Castillo, Gray, Bauer, their top three. Um, yeah, and they're just, I think they're going to be kind of an upstart type of team that in a short, short run could be really good. And yeah, I'm going with them. It's a little out on a limb. I, I do think that any of the four besides Pittsburgh is, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me at all if any of those four won. So it wouldn't shock me if any of the four won either. And I've got the Reds also. I did the same. I went the same route. I actually, I feel more confident in them as a team than I do any of the others. I think the cut, like if I was ranking the four right now, I'd probably go Reds, Cubs, Brewers, Cardinals. I don't feel great about the Cardinals right now. My team, losing Ozuna, I think is going to hurt them this year. And I I think the Brewers, I'm just going to run through these teams. They've got some pitching that I'm I'm a little intrigued by this year. Uh, the Corbin Burns, I'm kind of intrigued by him again this year with him having a nice spring. And if they can get anything out of that staff, their lineup's just so good. The Cubs, yeah. really, it's the same team from last year, and they were right in it last year. They're both they'll have Kimbrel for a full for I guess a full sixty games, and he came in late last year and was a mess, but. Maybe after getting a normal, uh, I shouldn't say normal offseason, but maybe getting a offseason where he's not, where he's actually with a team when he's as much as anybody else is will help him. But the Reds, I just think they're the most polished or the most well-rounded right now. Yeah, I'm with you there. I'm, I'm curious with, like, the Brewers. I mean, their problem is just always, it's just pitching every yep. year, you know. But, but their bullpen's good. I mean, I think in a year like this, Hater might throw a higher percentage of innings than he would in 162 game season for the team as a whole. So that that could help. Um, yeah, their their starting pitching is just it's just kind of rough to me. I mean, there's guys that are interesting, but it's just a lot of it's speculative too. I think if it was 162 games, I would take the Cardinals. Really? Because I tr- I just trust them over the long haul. But, yeah, in a short season like this, I just think it might be a little bit of a surprise. We'll see. Cubs, we'll are, see. Sol- Cubs are solid, too. I mean, like I said, all four. All right, National League West, why on earth are you taking the Rockies to win the division, Andrew? Defend that. <laughs> yeah, uh, I can't defend that. Can't even uh, <laughs> I can't even fake that one. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, clearest one, Dodgers. Yes, clearly the best team in base, the best organization in baseball, probably the best run organization in United States, North American sports right now. Okay, well, who are your two wild cards? Oh, man, I could have went a lot of ways with this. Mm-hmm. Um, I went with the Braves. And the Padres, ooh, as my yeah. two. Um, yeah, Braves. 
you could argue win the division. I mean, I think they'll be right there with the Nats. And the Padres, I just I kind of wanted to take one of those, uh, you know, upstart team, young te- talent. Like, they, it could just all kind of come together. I mean, I could see them aggressively pushing guys because they're in mm-hmm. it because it's short season. And, um, when yeah, when you have all the talent that they do and a window where, you know, you can make it happen, I, I, I think they're going to push some guys, and I think they can do it. So I went with them as my second. I really – I was close to taking the Phillies, too. So – but I yeah. have, the, I have the Nationals and Phillies, and honestly, listening to you, I was thinking, man, I wish I had taken the Padres. Do I just go on and change it? But I think I'm going to stick with Nationals and Phillies. But I don't know if I'd make that decision. I'm I'm going to stick with it because I wrote it down. But you, that's a real good case. Mackenzie Gore coming up, and I really like the return of Garrett Richards to that rotation. I think they've got a strong three right there with McKenzie Gore possibly being up there soon also. Yeah, I think that they're going to be a very interesting team. And they've got some pressure. I know A.J. Preller, ownership with the Padres, was not happy with their season last year. And I think they've got some pressure to win. And maybe they'll get a bit of a break from ownership that it's a 60-game sprint here, but they may also not. To where I think if they have any shot, yeah, those kids are coming. Yeah, short season helps Paddock, and mm-hmm. I feel like the pen is really good, and yeah, I just like it. But Short season helps a lot of those guys. Richards may not have thrown a full season had he had we started the season in March. Um, Denelson Lamette's coming off of recovery from Tommy John surgery. Mackenzie Gore being a rookie. Uh, yeah, I agree. It's a the shortened season. When I think of teams that this is an advantage for, I think of the Oakland A's, and I think of the Padres. All right, World Series matchup and winner. Actually, well, let's just start off with the World Series matchup. Andrew, who do you got? So I said I said right before we started recording, I was like, oh, I just noticed something. So I've got the, um, the very first game of the season on Thursday, the Yankees-Nats as my World Series. Ah, so the Nats are going to make real, it back. I didn't realize that until right when I, because I was reading just a couple things in the notes. But yeah, yeah, Yankees and Nats, my World Series. So the Nats are going to go back to back in terms of winning the National League. Interesting. Well, I have two different teams than you have. I don't have either of the same ones you have. I have got the Dodgers going back, and they're going to face the Oakland A's in the World Series. I think nice. I'm just going to take the I I really like the Oakland pitching and I which is funny cuz a year ago it, a year and a half ago at the beginning of last season it was a we I mean that was a joke as we were talking about Edwin yeah. Diaz and Brett Anderson and I think Brett Anderson was there last year at this time and now it's it's a rotation that's come together and for a little sprint here I really like it even more to where I'm going to say that they their bats Play, play up real well and can hang with everybody and the pitching rotation is good enough to get them by and they go but, to the World Series. But you've got the Dodgers winning it, right? Nope, I'm going Oakland. No? Wow. Nice. <laughs> I'm just going to say that the Dodgers just keep their streak going of making the World Series and not winning it and I'm going with Oakland. 
Yeah, I've got the uh, the Nats repeating. Ah, nice. And it's really, I mean, I'll say this. I think there's a chance the Nats miss the playoffs. Mm-hmm. But when you put them in a playoff series. Dangerous. There's just, I mean, Scherzer, Strasburg, Corbin. I just, I mean, that's three of the top 15 pitchers in the game, top 20. I mean, they're. Mm-hmm. And it's just scarier to me than really anything else. I get that they lost Rendon, but I think that they can make up for it. And just they're they're those three horses at the top. If they get in, it's just you don't want to face that team. I mean, it's nope. just scary. So, yeah, Ron I've got Sutter's them. King of the world. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, it's. Uh, I don't think too many people are picking them this year, but I just think that there's an avenue if they get in where it's just really hard to beat those guys. So. And I think that this shortened season helps them about as much as anybody also. Not for the fact that they needed a shortened season normally, but because of the fact that there's the, that helps with the World Series hangover. They had a short off, shorter offseason. Steven Strasburg threw a lot of innings last yeah. year. And shortening that, I think, really helps that team. Yeah, that I, think, I think that, I mean, you would just, you know, if you're looking at the season, it's like, I think they're just going to let, Scherzer, Strasburg, and Corbin just go like full on, you know, pitch their normal amount because it isn't going to be, it's not like they're going to get overworked in a season like this, nope. you know? So you can just like lay it all out there with those three. And I mean, obviously, if one of them goes down or something, then everything changes. But I mean, you kind of have to assume that that's not going to happen or at least like treat every team like the same i don't know but yeah those three it's just so tough to beat in the series so you got the nats winning the world series and i'm going oakland maybe we can get them to match up against nice. each other and we just yeah. get our losers out of yeah the way. i wanted to i thought about picking the dodgers to lose the world series too so <laughs> but ended up going with that i'll tell you what if they do lose in the world series i hope kershaw throws two no hitters in in his two games yeah Okay, let's move on to the awards, and we're going to start off with the Rookies of the Year, and we're going to start with the American League. Andrew, who is your American League Rookie of the Year? Uh, Originally, I was actually, back in March, I was going to take Nate Pearson, Mm -hmm. but uh, I'm going to take Luis Robert. I think the, uh, I don't know, I like him more in a short season. I think that there's just less time for slumps, like long prolonged slumps that he could possibly have. I mean, you could say that maybe he has that during the shortened season, which makes it hurt even worse, but I feel like he's looked good. I think he's going to be good. And I'm not sure Pearson is going to just, I, I'm not sure he's going to get enough um, innings starts, whatever you want to call it to make enough impact to beat him out. So I'm taking Robert, but, I got Pearson in the back of my head always. Not a bad pick, and I think he's the favorite right now. Um, just, and you're right. The fact that he could get off to a hot start and have it takes a little longer before, or not as much time for pitchers to adjust, and him he could he could he could have a monster year. It really wouldn't floor me if he was the actual MVP of the season. I mean, I think he's got that in him. I'm not saying it's a high chance. I'm not even thinking. I'm not even picking him for my rookie of the year. 
but there's a non-zero chance he wins MVP if everything yeah. just clicks right. My pick, I don't. It's not who I ha- would have had in March. It's not. It's not even looking as great as it did two or three weeks ago. But I'm gonna go on and stick with him just because I think he's gonna pitch early and work his build up stamina and then get really hot. I think he and that's Jesus Lazardo. First knew, week of the year. I knew that's where you were going. <laughs> Once I said that, yeah. All in on Oakland. Yes. <laughs> Jesus Lazardo is somebody who would have only thrown 120 to 140 innings this year had it been a normal season. That's out of the way. He did test positive for COVID. He's only going to pitch a couple innings in this first week. It'll probably take him three weeks before he's starting a full game. And even then, it's probably five or six innings. But I just think he's going to have that same start to the season that, oh, shoot, I just blanked on the Chris Paddock had last year. I think he's going to be pretty unhittable here in the first half yeah. or in, in, in this year. And it's even though the sample won't be as high as even some other rookies, I think it's just going to be good enough that they're going to, he's going to win the award. Jesus Lazardo, go Oakland. <laughs> yeah, I can see it. Okay, National League, who do you got? I think this is the one response I'm going to say all night that I would have said in November, December, January, February, March, the whole way. Dylan Carlson, um, I mean, there's nothing's changed for me. I think he's going to be up quickly. I think he's going to be good. And um, pretty clearly the guy for me, to be honest. Yeah, same here. I honestly can't even think of another guy who I'm like, yeah, I could see that guy coming up and getting it. I'm, who, I, I looked at the candidates whenever I pulled this up, and I probably need to go look again because I really don't even remember reading who they were. But let's see, National League Rookie of the Year odds. Let me see if I can pull that up real fast. There's American League, National League, Gavin Lux, who was just Yeah, Lux. I was going to say Lux, yeah. Carter Keyboom. Yeah, that could happen. Mitch Keller, Mackenzie Gore, and Dustin May. Those are the two that I would say are probably next best up. Yeah, I'm sure you could legitimately see May get that. And, yeah, Brendan Rodgers and John Tuplantier. Uh, yeah, I think Carlson is a clear favorite here. I would – let me ask you this. Would you take Carlson or the field? Probably the field. Yeah, I don't blame you. Just that. because it's – I mean, it's kind, of ra- it's kind of random and it's one guy. But, yeah, I mean, I still – I mean, it's just – been my pick the whole time you know i've never really wavered on that one this whole this year's um 365 bets and what um i you know what i for fun if this season hadn't gone so wonky i probably would have said hey i'll take carlson you take the field just for fun bet but i think we probably will just avoid bets for the rest of this year it's a it's a weird (laughs) year for it yeah definitely okay let's move to a cy young american league who are you picking I'm going to be boring and take Garrett Cole. That I think, is the boring pick, but it's the clear favorite. Yeah, I think, like I kind of said last podcast, but I just think in a season like this, the big-time horses are almost going to be even more valuable in the sense because of, of the way that like the back-end starters, I just don't think that they're going to get worked that hard. 
because mm-hmm. I think those games, when you're looking at, you know, like the four or five starters on a lot of the teams, I think a lot of those games are just going to be heavy bullpen games, you know, ones where you have a guy like Josh Hader or whoever your stud, I mean, not Hader's a bad example maybe, but just your stud middle relief type or fireman guy that you want to shut it down is going to come in and pitch multiple innings possibly in those games, you know, stuff like that. I just feel like that's going to happen more. And the guys at the top of the rotation, I guess, percentage wise, are just going to pitch that much more than everybody else. So I think a lot of it's going to be a bulk thing with Cole. Obviously I still think he's going to be awesome. So yeah, he, he's my pick. I mean, you could say a lot of that stuff about Verlander too, but I'm going with Cole. Yeah, I picked Cole over the weekend, and then I went back to my original pick. And, of course, it's an Oakland A. It's the guy who I think I said at one point on this podcast over the last couple months that he was going to have been my pick, and I'm going to stick with him. Frankie Montas with – what teams do you play on, Andrew? Oakland. Oh, that's right, the <laughs> Oakland A's. <laughs> I'm all in on Oakland this year, I guess. Frankie Montas, (laughs) I think he's a breakout guy this year. I went and grabbed him in one dynasty league this offseason. And I just think, especially here on a shortened stretch, but I was even going with it over a full season. But I think it's even better for him, short stretch here. I think he breaks into the elite pitchers this year. Frankie Montas. I could see it. All right, National League. Who's your Cy Young pick? Uh, so I went a little, a little more off the grid here, but not too far down. Um, but yeah, kind of tying in with my NL Central pick, I'm gonna take Luis Castillo of the Reds. Ooh, that's an interesting one. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I wasn't really feeling some of the uh, guys you might traditionally pick, and I could see him just being really, really filthy in a short season like this and just having like a 10 or 12 start run where he just blows everybody away. So obviously if I'm high on the Reds, I got to be high on him, right? So yeah, you know, I think he's going to lead the rotation and uh, be a big reason for their success. He had that type of run last year too. I remember he was incredible in the first half and he still was really good throughout the whole year. I think it it wasn't quite at the first half level in the second half, but he had an incredible run in the beginning of last year, and yeah, I could definitely see that. Yeah, I actually don't have any shares of him, and got my draft tomorrow. I'm probably going to target him. I think he's yeah. one of, I think he's one of those guys where he's going. It's good price. It's yeah, it's just good enough, and I'm confident in him being an ace and stuff like that. So yeah, I like him. Well, I'm going with the guy I did have at the beginning of the year also, uh, Clayton Kershaw. He's going to get himself one more Cy Young Award, and it's going to be this year. I had a real good feeling about him in the offseason. Just every report I was reading, I thought, man, I, I have a feeling this guy's going to have a real good year. And I think a shortened season, I could see him having one of those special like he's had in the past, sub-two ERAs over a 60-game stretch, wins himself like eight or nine games, and pitches with real good ratios. And he may not have the strikeouts he used to have, but I just I just have this feeling he's going to have himself a really special year. One more time, at yeah. least. I Hopefully, more. there's more to come, but 
you know, Kershaw's not the same Kershaw he was in 2016. But, yep, I'm going with Clayton Kershaw repeating. And just like you said, he's a guy who is already ready to go a full game. And he pitches against the Giants on Thursday night. So he's already got himself off to a good start. And now that I say that, (laughs) just you watch. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I actually thought about Kershaw too. But I was actually in my head. I remembered you mentioning it, and I was like, ah, he's probably going to take him. And mm-hmm. it's like, I can find somebody else. So, <laughs> Well, you found a good one. I like your pick. And that takes us to the MVPs. And let's start with the American League. Who is the American League most valuable player? Man, th- this was the hardest one for me. I, I agree. I, um, I actually did all of my predictions, and had this one blank. I couldn't because to me, it's clearly trout. If you think he's going to play enough, Mm -hmm. I mean, I just would have taken it. Now I have some questions with that. I just really didn't want to take him for that reason. But if he's not out that long, I mean, it's probably going to be him because when you actually look about around at the other options, They're they're not as good. Yeah. Uh, I took uh, Francisco Lindor. Ooh, yeah, your boy. Yeah. I think that, obviously, you know, expect him to be around the whole year, and I just think he'll have a huge year, top of the lineup, high war total, which I feel like they're kind of getting more towards nowadays. Um, Yeah, I mean, I actually think that Trout could play 45 games, though, and get it. So I don't. It's tough, but yeah, I, I took Lindor. I think he'll have a huge t- will... typical year and huge year. So he's got. I was just now looking to see how much how much service time he has. Oh yeah, he's still got another two this year and next year before he's a free agent. So I was just wondering if he was on the last year of that deal. I didn't think he was. Um, you know, reading on Trout, I'm starting to think that he only misses about a week of games. Maybe not even that with this. You don't know, and maybe that's maybe for that reason. Since I believe that I should be taking him, but I didn't, and I had to go look at a on that same website to see what the betting odds were for everybody, just to see a list of names, because there's no clear guy, and maybe I should be following Walter McMichael's pick, which we'll be mentioning later in the bold predictions, because I I I actually have somebody in my bold predictions that maybe if for me to have make this prediction means he should be in this pick but who I wrote down was Glaber Torres with the Yankees he had a real good year last year I just think he'll have another real good year this year I don't know if he'll even be better I just think he'll be really good except he'll be in the middle of the lineup as compared to last year he started off hitting a little lower maybe he'll be hitting at a better spot this year and I don't know. I'm just going to pick him as my guy. I, I don't feel great about it. I'll say that. Yeah, I actually, um, I thought you might clean sweep it there and take like Matt Chapman or something. <laughs> because I actually, no joke, I actually almost took Matt Chapman. I was thinking about yeah. it. Just because there's so much, so much value with the defense and stuff. He was he was one of the guys I was thinking about. But yeah, Torres is good too. I, I actually considered him as well. All right, National League, who's your MVP? Uh, I think he finishes as the number one player this year, Mookie Betts. Ah, uh, yes. 
I think Mookie's going to have a monster season. Um, it's one of those – I heard a good analogy a little while back about how it's like a rental car. You're just going to drive drive it into the ground, and especially over, like, 60 games. Yeah. You know, they've, they've got Mookie for 60 games. They're the best team in the league or close to it. And um, I just think he's going to go nuts. I just think he's going to go nuts. I mean, he's going to be hitting at the top of the lineup, one of the best lineups in the in the league. Obviously, he's great, does everything, contract year. I mean, what else is there to say? I just think he's going to have a monster season. The problem to your logic is they're going to win the division on Labor Day, and then they're going to have another month to sit, <laughs> give him some rest. <laughs> That's where the Padres come in, man. That's where they come in. Oh, yeah, that's true. They're going to keep them honest. <laughs> um, yeah, that's a real good argument. I think that he could have a very special year here in this little stretch for the same, for all the reasons. If you were to ask me who's going to lead the league in run scored, it would definitely be Mookie. Do you know Mookie? I, I bet you know this answer, but how many runs did Mookie score last year on Boston? I don't know off the top of my head. 135. I was going to say 130-something, yeah. Yeah, 135 runs scored. I was looking at that earlier today. It's just absolutely stupid to score that in a 162-game season. And he went from one incredibly good offense to another to where, yeah, he's just awesome. It's just kind of all set up for him this year. I mean, he's just... Well, I'm taking the kid who finished last year on top of the world, and that would be Juan Soto with the Nationals. That's who I'm going to go with. He arrived last year as the guy, and I think that it's going to be a real special run here. Maybe he hits himself like 17 home runs or something in this 60-game stretch. And with you know, maybe hits uh, maybe hits 400. Maybe, you know, he's the type of guy that it wouldn't shock me. Yeah, he's. I think there's a few that could do it. I've heard people talk about it. I I mean, I don't think, like, if I had to predict does it happen or does it not, I would say no, but um, I think it could. Like, I wouldn't be completely shocked. I didn't put that in the show notes because I took the Facebook bold predictions and I put them in this afternoon, but... One person predicted that somebody would hit 400, and I was going to follow up and ask you what you thought about the odds of somebody doing it this year. And yeah, it's I'd probably it's say more realistic. Uh, what do you think? I'd probably say like twenty percent, maybe a little less. I don't know. F- five to ten was my answer, and yeah, yeah I mean it's still low. Yeah, it's but still low. When you but have it's a sixty-game stretch, it's higher than it would be if it was. You know, 162, obviously. If it doesn't happen this year, do you think we'll see it happen in our lifetime? That's a long time. Well, at least I hope. (laughs) In the uh, next 50 years. How about that? Yeah, I think we will. I think we'll see it. Man, I I don't think we will. I hope we do. It's hard to do. Yeah, it's it's really tough. I, I think we'll see it eventually, but... It's hard to also count it this year, but that's a whole other yes. story. So yes, it's going to have an asterisk. Like World Series champion, I think will be a lot more legitimate than a who somebody, somebody who was to like, actually hit four hundred. Yeah, a record that just hasn't been done. Okay, 
That's our award winners, division winners. We're going to take a break here, and we're going to come back, and we will give our bold predictions for the season. And we are back for bold predictions. Andrew, last year I think we gave about 10 each. I didn't write up near as many this year. I told you I did five. Did you make it come up with five also, or did you have a different yep. number? Yeah, I got five. So we're doing half because we get half of a season. You get half the bold predictions <laughs> from us. You guys will have to wait for 10 till next year. All right, well, I went pretty I, – I don't know. I think I went decently bold on my five, um, but I tried – putting myself out there for a few of these so i'll let you go first andrew who do you got what do you got for your first one all right so my first one i've got bo bichette finishes as a top 15 player oh nice that's a good one yeah i think he's i'm buying it i mean i just think he's gonna be Really dynamic, top of the lineup, every category. Yeah, I just think he's going to have a huge year. It's all about the steals with him for me. If he runs more than he did last year, yeah, the, there's no, there's a very, very high ceiling. And it's still, a, I think he's got a very high floor regardless because he hits for pop. He hits yeah. at the top of a good, decent lineup that's getting better. And he's good at getting on base. So, yeah. I like it. Yeah, it's going to be a fun lineup. <clears throat> My number one is a guy who I have been purchasing all offseason. Purchased him in one dynasty league. I already had him in the other and got him, gra- scooped him up in a bunch of redrafts. And that is Garrett Richards. I'm going to say he's the most valuable starting pitcher for the San Diego Padres this year in fantasy. That's my number one. He had a great spring, off to a pretty good start. He had a real good start yesterday against the Angels. I just think that he's going to have a nice bounce back year now that he's pretty much two years re- removed from Tommy John surgery. That's my one. Nice. What do you What do you got against Chris Paddock? Nothing really. <laughs> <and> I, I, <laughs> sophomore season, and I, you know, I've not. I, wasn't the biggest paddock guy last year and i think it's the fact that he doesn't have a third pitch so i I, it's fair for someone to say what do you got against paddock and i but i like him a lot better this year now than 60 games compared to one i thought i think we both were very anti-chris paddock for his adp before the year in a 162 game season but i'm not near as against it now as i was then because it was all kind of well it was all kind of fluid last year because he wasn't I don't think they announced he was in the rotation until right at the end. Mm-hmm. No. Because I actually picked him for rookie of the year, which he didn't win. Yes, you did. he was good, obviously. So. Yep. But yeah. It's not as much about Paddock as it is Richards. I just yeah. think he has a real good run here. Yeah, no, I was just, I was just busting your chops. <laughs> All right, well, who you got number two? So, number two, this kind of ties into what I said in the last podcast, but I'm going to say a Dodger starting pitcher – not named Bueller or Kershaw finishes as a top 20 starter this year. Huh? That means they got to get the innings. I think one of these guys, like I said, I just think one of these guys and pinpointing which one it is, is 
the most complicated thing, but I just think they're going to have another guy in there that's awesome. And just depending on which one they decide to work. So it'll be interesting to see who it is, but it's going to, I mean, it's going to, one of the guys, whoever it is, it's going to be returning huge value because they're not drafted anywhere close to that. I think Urias is drafted. I, I was looking, I think he's about the, I was looking since July 1st. I think he's about the 33rd starter off the board. Wow. So, and he, and he's the top one of the the rest of them, you know. I don't know if it'll be him, but I think it's going to be somebody. Yeah, I don't know if he'll get the innings. I just I think they're going to be cautious with him, but maybe I'm wrong. It could you're right though. It could be anybody. It could be a bunch of different options. It could be your your boy Dustin May. If he fan manages to find his way into the rotation, it could be Ross Stripling. Didn't Ross yeah. Stripling pitch in an All Star game a couple years ago? He might have. Yeah, he had definitely had a big year. But yeah, I can't remember if he was actually an All Star that year. And then by the, I think he was because by the end of that year, he wasn't even in the rotation. Yeah, uh, it's because the Dodgers. Good pick. Well, my number two, as I just looked, was Frankie Montas finishes top three in Cy Young, and that's because I originally picked Garrett Cole when I wrote this up. And so I got to change that on the fly, and I'm going to change that to Tyler Glass now, who is my other guy who I really like in this shortened season. Tyler Glass now finishes top three in the AL Cy Young Award winning voting. Awesome in the first half last year. I think as long as that shoulder and elbow is okay. I think he could be nasty. He was filthy. I was seeing tweet, people tweeting about him yesterday or the day before about how filthy he looked while on the mound. And yeah, yeah, I just I think he just carries on his momentum from the first half of last year and has a real good run. And I wanted to pick the Rays to go to the World Series. I it was, it was honestly between the Rays and Oakland for me, but I I just I went with Oakland. But I think Tampa, like we talked about, that top three is and really good and Tyler Glass now I think could reach a whole new level yeah I agree I actually thought about him for my AL side but didn't quite do it okay who's your third all right my third one the number one reliever off the board right now Josh Hader isn't in the top 20 in saves at the end of the season ah and uh, this has nothing to do with Josh Hader himself. I just think in a season like this especially, and with Corey Knable coming back, I think that there's just a very high likelihood that they mix and match and use him when they want to use him and don't just save him for the ninth. I do think that he could get six out saves, you know, like eighth and ninth inning, stuff like that. But I don't think he's going to be used as a traditional closer at all. And um, I've got him in two dynasty leagues. I'm not worried about it or anything because he's still going to be awesome and helping K's and ratios and stuff. And he'll still get some saves. But I just don't think he's going to get all of them. Um, It was like two years ago. He was not closing. Knievel was in there. And in that first half, people were wondering if he could actually throw a 200 strikeouts in that season because yeah. he was pacing for something right. close to that. He was pacing around and, that, I think, yeah. And if he's not closing, he's going to throw more innings. I think I agree with you in terms of they'll use him more creatively like it's a postseason. Yeah. And I could totally see him 
racking up a ton of strikeouts. Yeah, I mean, like I agree if with you. If it's like three to three in the sixth, I mean, mm-hmm. aren't you just using hit? You know, assuming the starters out or high pitches or yep. what? You know, depending on where you're at in the lineup and stuff. But I just Division think it's going to be a lot more fluid with him this year. Like, you're not just going to be able to bank on okay, they're up five to four and at the end of the game and he's coming in. He might have been coming in before that. So and I don't know. half of your half of your season is division series this year. Yeah. And that means every one of those games counts that much more. Yep. To where Yeah, yeah they're gonna want to use them t- as much as they can, obviously, especially with their starting rotation not being their strong suit. So let me ask you this. Let me re- we're doing bold predictions here. What if a hundred dollars is on the line and I say, if you get this answer right, you get a hundred bucks from me or whatever money amount of money you want to make it. But who finishes with more saves this year, Kniebel or Hader? Now we're not doing bold prediction now. Now you're thinking, which is more likely legitimately like not going bold. Who are you taking? It's close to a coin flip. I, I think I'd, I, agree. I think I'd take Kniebel. And but I agree. It's it's really close to a coin flip on that, I think. Yeah. But I, it's not viewed that way, I guess, is kind of the the point. At least, I mean, I think most people are just assuming Hater's going to get all the saves, or at least a lot of them, and he'll get some. But I just I don't think he's getting as many as people think, maybe. Yep. And, oh, and okay. one other thing. His redraft price is just egregious i i could never take i, I just can't take him there i love josh i'm hater. glad i love josh hater too but like i just I, you want to lock down save the thing yeah. is is season like this i do think you want to lock down saves you want to buy the guys that are just in the role that have the job because it takes a couple blow-ups typically to lose the job and that can in a shorter season it's like if any type of success just Make, means that you've had it for a larger percentage of the season, you know. But um, yeah, I uh, I don't know. I just can't get behind where he's going. You know, normally you take him, and then you're just thinking, okay, well, I'm good in saves for a while. But I don't really think you could think like that. Nope. I feel like you're thinking, oh, I missed out on a hitter. I missed out on a starter. I got to grab Knievel. I don't know. It's just too high for me. I I don't really want him in redraft. I'm glad you brought this up because, A, you started talking and you gave me a chance to finish what I was doing, which was I was pulling up the NFBC ADP to see what Josh Hader's ADP was this month. And that big hole you heard me make was because I just found his number. 43.49 in the month of July. The players going behind him are Blake Snell, Xander Bogarts, Charlie Morton, Bo Bichette, George yeah, Springer, Chris Pat. I mean, the one argument, you darn. The one argument, like we were saying, is if he's pitching multiple innings, he, he could get a higher amount of the innings than he typically gets, you know, yep. per per team inning or whatever you want to call it. But um, that, yeah, I just don't think a, that the saves. I think when you're drafting a reliever that high, the saves got to be there. Yep. And like I said, I think he'll get some, but. I just don't think he's getting all of them. No, and especially whenever you're talking these arms who are all really good per inning pitchers yeah. right there to where, or they should be. Yeah, that's a that's an egregious ADP for a single-season league. 
Okay, well, my third one is a reliever too, and this is me doubling down. Almost. Trevor Rosenthal is a top 10 reliever in fantasy this year. <laughs> Dang it. That went, that couldn't have gone much more wrong last year than it did. The guy was released, I think, a month into the season last year. I don't even remember who he started the year with. The Tigers? I don't um, know. Not the Tigers. Yeah, no, it wasn't the Tigers. I actually am drawing, I'm drawing a blank. Wherever I know he, he was, was. I know he was with the Nats. Yeah, I know he was with the Nats. I forget who he started with. Maybe it was them. He was terrible. It was absolutely dreadful. He had no idea where home plate was. But if you were paying attention to him in the spring, he was lights out. Mike Matheny was commenting. It, it sounded like he was already in love with him all over again. Mike Matheny was also the manager for the Cardinals whenever he was there. I think that he could go into day one with that job, and if he is, then I might say he's higher than top 10. I'm saying top 10 because maybe he doesn't get it right away. Top 10 reliever. I'm finally going to be justified. I'll finally do my happy dance <laughs> about t- Trevor Rosenthal, who I think I have in every single league I'm playing in. <laughs> it was the Nationals, by the way. It was the Nats. Yeah, okay. that's, yeah that, that might that makes be the sense. coldest one of the night, but you get all the credit if it hits. Damn it! If you keep get if you keep shooting, throwing the dart over and over again, eventually you're gonna strike, especially with Trevor Rosenthal. But if he yeah. hits, I'm not making any predictions next year. <laughs> okay, your turn, number four. All right, my fourth one. I stepped out a little bit on the limb here. Um, I've got John Birdie from the Marlins leads the National League in stolen bases. Hmm. I think he. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of. There's been a lot of talk about him not getting playing time. You know when they got VR and all this. And I just think that they're a bad enough team, and he was good enough last year, and can play enough positions, add in the DH to bring an extra bat into the lineup in some way, shape, or form. I don't. I don't expect him to DH, but somebody else DHs. They shift guys. You know, and I think he's just going to play kind of all over like super utility, but play a lot of the time. And I think he's going to run wild. I mean, they're going to need to generate runs however they can. And, uh, yeah, I just like him a lot. So, Yeah, getting the DH helps. That's one extra spot he can work his way into the lineup and float around to where, yeah, he's he's a winner from the National League adding the DH. I don't think we even brought him up whenever we talked about the winners last week. He's definitely one of them yeah. to where that's just more of a chance of him getting in the lineup. And if he gets in the lineup, yep, he's an intriguing guy. You, I remember you talking to me privately about him last offseason as a guy to grab. And I wasn't so sure, especially after they grabbed VR. But, yeah, it, it, last offseason would have been a nice time to buy him because he's a little more intriguing to most people now that they've added the DH. It's hard to say for sure, but it's just the price isn't too crazy, you know. Everybody's nope. starving for speed, and he's multi-eligible. I mean, there's a lot to like, I think. Number four for me, this is my second double down. Corbin Burns is a top 40 starting pitcher this year. Again, nice. just like Trevor Rosenthal, that could not have gone more wrong. And Burns had a real good spring last year. He's having another really good summer session this year after looking completely lost last year. 
Maybe he's made the adjustments after getting beaten around. I do think that that does sometimes happen with pitchers when they're getting into the league and they're, especially when you're the juice ball that everybody was dealing with last year. Who knows what we're dealing with this year? We have no idea. But I think a year of learning how to pitch and having an offseason to get his confidence back, it seems like he's got it right now. We'll find out because he's going to start the second game of the season for the Brewers. And he's got the talent. He has the talent to be a really good pitcher. It's just all about you said, learning to pitch. You said top 40? I'm going 40, which last year I said 25 to 30. So just like Rosenthal, I'm coming down a little bit, <laughs> but I'm still doubling down. Yeah. No, I like it. It's good. Okay. Who's your number five? All right, so this one this one will throw you for a loop a little bit. Um, so the last time that a draftee from the same season played in the major leagues was 2014. Brandon Finnegan pitched for the Royals the year he was drafted. I am going to say that Garrett Crochet, he was – the first, the White Sox first round pick pitches in the 2020 playoffs because they're pushing for the pushing so and to decide get, to get him up there. Yeah, to give just to give kind of a quick thing with him. I mean, he's a lefty, a college lefty that throws hard, pretty much a fastball slider guy. I mean, the other pitches are kind of developing. There's been comps to like. I mean, lazy comps to Chris Sale because they started him in the pen and he's on the same team, obviously. I hate her, too. I mean, it's just a dominant two-pitch mix, you know. And he's close. And I, I kind of made the joke, like, when they drafted him, it, it's kind of up in the air whether he's going to be a uh, starter or reliever, like, long-term. But, I mean, I think they'll eventually try him as a reliever. But I kind of looked at it, like I was saying, I made the joke when they drafted him, I'm like, he's their best reliever right now. Like, if you actually think about the White Sox bullpen, it's not that good. It's okay, you know, but it's just – and to me, if the White Sox are in the postseason or contending, which, I mean, I have them there. Either way, I think they're going to be contending. When it gets late in the year, I don't know how they don't use that weapon. Like, that's just such a weapon to have. So – I think he's going to do it. He's in the player pool. Um, I don't expect to see him right away, but I think as the time gets towards the end of the year, if they're in it, I don't know how they just go forward, you know, the last few games, the playoffs, whatever you want to call it, and not even explore that. I think they just absolutely have to explore it. I don't think it's going to hurt anything. You know, what's, what's the worst thing that's going to happen? He's going to throw a few innings. I mean, it's not going to be a lot. They're not going to like wear them out or anything. So I think it's going to happen. I'm going with it. So to make sure I've got this right, you're predicting he's up in the playoffs as a reliever? Uh, I just said pitches in the playoffs. I mean, I would guess, okay. I would guess that he's a reliever. Yeah. I don't think that he's going to start for them or anything like that. But I it just makes, still, like you said, two pitch pitcher right now. Well, and it just makes all the sense in the world when you look at the context with the team. And with yeah. him versus, you know, the other guys in their pen, I mean, you want a big, nasty lefty that throws, you know, upper 90s. I mean, it's, he can do that. 
you know, so one one quick turn through a line. Yeah, I mean, just maybe not even that. Maybe just one inning. But if he's like a setup guy, I mean, those guys are valuable in the playoffs. You know, when you're like piecing your yes, they are piecing your innings together. And I just think he's one of their better pitchers immediately. And if it doesn't work out, I mean, whatever. It's still a short burst. I mean, obviously, if it's only a handful of any innings, anything can happen. But. Yeah, just uh, so, something I kind of grabbed onto on draft day, and I'm just kind of going with it. So I like it. That's a fun one. And, yeah, it's been a while since we've seen somebody. I had no idea it was Finnegan, but I knew it had been a little while since we'd seen somebody up the day they were, the year they were drafted. All right, my last one. I, when I kind of hinted a little bit AL MVP. I said maybe I should be picking this guy because of this bold prediction. I've talked about this in the offseason. And I'm just going to go on and throw it out there. Shohei Otani finishes the year as the most valuable player in fantasy baseball in daily leagues. He is the number one player over the 60-game stretch. And you know what? Going back to my question last week about whether anybody outside the top 30 could go in the top five in daily leagues, I think that's very possible now that I think about it. Otani was not, I don't think he's a top 30 player in dynasty and daily leagues this year. I think he would be next year. I'm, I think he's got a shot at it, and he finishes the year number one most valuable, after having a pretty good little good run pitching and a, another solid season hitting. Nice, yeah, I can see it. Who was your AL MVP again? I picked oh, uh, Torres. Glaber Torres. Yeah, yeah. I actually thought yep. you were going to take Otani. Yeah, it's intriguing. Yeah. I mean, I probably should have, but I didn't think of it really i mean i really wasn't thinking about it with the whole torres i don't think the angels are going to make the playoffs yeah see i don't think Maybe that i don't think that matters anymore i yeah, i it, thought that it, with lindor too i because i was thinking chapman and then i was like you know what that that was like five ten years ago that they cared about yes. that i don't i just don't think they care about it anymore yep and he could do it yeah he definitely could i could do definitely it. see otani winning the mvp and not being in the playoffs i mean i, I don't yep. think that's that wouldn't surprise me well, there we go. Bold predictions. That was a lot of fun, and we've got some baseball 365 bold predictions to do. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back, and we will read off a bunch of those. All right, we are back, and over the weekend, Andrew posted on Baseball 365 and asked for predictions for the year if you wanted us to read them off, make some predictions. And I said bold predictions, but he specified bold or not bold. Just go on and put them out there. And we got a lot of comments, a lot of activity here, and I just picked some of my favorites. We'll kind of run through these in a quick hitter. Oh, what what do they call that whenever you're... Rapid fire? Rapid fire, that's the word. (laughs) That's why I'm a professional. <laughs> <laughs> and we're starting right off with our good buddy Walter McMichael. Uh, he had th- he threw four of them out there. Shohei Otani wins MVP. We've touched on that. Cy Young goes to Tyler Glass now. I even saw him respond to a tweet when I was saying that somebody was saying he looked filthy. And his tweet comment I noticed on Twitter tonight was, imagine not picking him to win him and Cy Young. <laughs> so he's feeling real good about that one. Rookie of the Year, Gavin Lux. That might be a little harder given he's not going to be up. And Rays World Series champs. 
which if I wasn't picking Oakland, that would be my second. Pick. Yeah, I, I think to... I think Lux will be up after like a week or so, maybe. But yeah, yeah, no, good picks. I like them. Yep. Danny Cameron brought one that I found fun. Bo Bichette wins the batting title. I'm sure you like that, given you threw oh, him yeah. as your bold prediction. Oh, yeah. I'm all about the bow this year. It's Yeah, he's stud. Now, your your buddy Derek Catter, he brought some crazy ones. Marlins win more games than the Boston Red Sox. Do you think that's more pro-Marlins Ooh. or anti-Red Sox or both? I think it's more anti-Red Sox, <laughs> but... Is he a Yankee fan? Uh, I don't even know. I forget. I, uh, I, I forget. Sorry, Derek. I want to say Boston. I, I actually think he might be a Boston. Oh, that would make more sense. Yeah, I don't know, though. <laughs> don't quote me on that. I could be wrong. Um, I'd imagine every Boston Red the, Sox fan hates life right what now. What do you think the percent on that? Marlins win more games than Boston. 20 or 30, maybe 30 or 40. Yeah. I think it's le- I think legitimately possible. Yeah, the Marlins have a much better rotation. Yeah. Boston's going to probably be pretty bad, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, um, they're going to lose a lot of games like 12 to 6. Yeah. Because their rotation's pitiful. Yeah, it is. They're they've already thrown up the white flag and I, they're just trying to get through this year i think dump some more salary and try to get themselves it's it, they've got some work ahead of them and then he also picked the angels winning the 2020 world series possible yeah especially if otani really blows up i could i could see it uh ryan petre picks the reds to win the nl central kurt simmons went further and said they'd make a world series run and i think we're both in agreement that that's possible given we both picked them to win the national league central so i guess i didn't know going in but we're both in agreement yeah it's great it's almost Uh, becoming trendy yeah we're we're gonna have to change it we're gonna be like we liked them before they were cool (laughs) before (laughs) the reds hipsters uh kyle turzinski he had four different picks that I thought were interesting. Josh Hader wins the Cy Young, which, going off of what you were saying, the fact that he could be throwing more innings, I could see that. Um, MVP Joey Gallo. <laughs> In a shortened season, I think you even qu- I qu- quote you one time, you said, the, like, watch him hit 300 in the 60-game stretch or something like that. Yeah, I was mostly kidding, but, yeah, it's... I mean, Gallo's the type you could just go on a home run binge, so it's possible. I hate, he hit like 250 last year in a half season. Yeah. Yeah, the hater one's fun too because season like this, it's hard to say. I mean, he, he might not th- throw as much less than starters as he normally would. So, But he could be up there in strikeouts with all of them with incredible ERAs and whips. Yeah. Um, he has Mike Clevenger, Cy Young. I think that's a fun pick. And Rookie of the Year, Nick Solak or Tsutsugo, which given how many guys are in the American League, I thought that was fun. And given I'm a big Solak fan, I like that. I'm not sure he's going to get up there with those other guys, but I hope you're right, Kyle. Yeah, it works for me. I got each of them on a dynasty team, so I'll take either one. And sticking with Tsutsugo, our good buddy Tim McLeod. We need to get him on, by the way. We had him on early last year. We need to get him on again early next this year, especially as we're talking waiver wires because he's so good at that. Uh, Tsutsugo hits the most home runs in the American League. That's well, that's bold. That is bold, especially when you're in the same league as Joey Gallo. <laughs> uh, if 
I'd, I'd be absolutely shocked if he was even top 10. But you know what, Tim? I've seen you make crazier calls that I, calls that I thought were crazier, and they've worked out. So maybe you know more than I do. Uh, our fellow admin for Baseball 365, Kando. Vlad Jr. hits 340 with 12 home runs. Andrew, let me go on and quote or take your response and say it for you and say, Man, Kang, why you resp- why so light? Yeah. <laughs> I was actually going to say it if you didn't, but <laughs> <laughs> I thought I'd just take those words out of your mouth. Yeah, I can't. And I'll never argue with with uh, any of the positive Vladdy talk. I think, I think you'd love all these. Dustin May is the second best Dodger pitcher behind Kershaw. When I saw that's that, fun. I thought, where the heck is Walker Bueller? Yeah. If that's happening. Um, Nate Pearson, rookie of the year, but Clark Schmidt is also a fantasy darling and Eloy leads the majors in home runs. I could see that one too. The Clark Schmidt one's a good call. I, I, um, I feel like he, he's going to be good. And I think they're going to kind of need him like at some mm-hmm. point here fairly early on. I, I was looking at a draft, one of the draft and holds I did. I think it might've been the one that I was doing when COVID hit. And I want to say I got Clark Schmidt in like round 43 or something 42 i mean it was yeah it was way down there so definitely uh excited about that good stuff can uh kwan nguyen hopefully i pronounced that right what i was i mentioned this earlier i didn't say who but mike trout hits 400 this year we've already bounced on that one but man i'd love to see trout do it yeah i just that'd be great jared la riviere Somebody who's left plenty of comments on our on our posts about the podcast. Thank you, Jared, for always bring adding some stuff. Nolan Arenado wins MVP and nearly hits 400. Hitting in Colorado, that's legit possible. DJ LeMahieu, AL MVP, and Joey Gallo leads MLB with 21 home runs. So, yeah, I could yeah. see it, any of them. David Hinsdale. Yoannis Suspedis comeback player of the year. That's not really too shocking, but who he also picked as the American League player of the year. Wow. Chris Davis, our good old buddy from Baltimore. Comeback player of the year. Comeback player of the year. What did I say? I thought you said player of the year, but maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. No, it's all good. I don't know. I just have to make sure we're clear on that because that's uh, that's pretty pretty bold. But yeah, I could see see Suspedis. What about Chris Davis? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you this. I remember this about our podcast when he was starting off terribly last year and we were talking about him. I asked you to predict when we thought he would get cut. Yeah. And I don't remember when you I answered, think, but I know what I answered. I think we were around the same, like May or June of this year, right? Cur- May. Oh, well, I yeah, but May then of, this year's yep. all messed up, but yeah. Yeah, but... Yeah, I think he's more like. I think he's a lot more likely not on the squad. You know, who, you know who I could eventually. see winning comeback player of the year in the AL is Chris Davis, but with a K. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To be clear, you know to be why? clear to the list, what teams do you play on? Yeah, Oakland. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you just missed Matt Chapman, man. That was it. You could have had the clean sweep. <laughs> maybe he meant Chris Davis from Oakland. Maybe maybe he just misspelled it. I Let's hope. just say that, yes. 
But you know what, David? Even if you did pick Chris Davis with Oakland, we said bold or not bold. Good for you for throwing something out that's bold. And you know what? If you actually were to get that right, we need to do something very nice yeah, for you. definitely. And Blake Smith, also bold. Miggy Cabrera contends for MVP. Man, I hope you're right. I don't think he's ever going to be at an elite level ever again. But I would love to see it just because he was such a special hitter, and it sucks seeing him the last year or so too how he's been. He was actually on fire in uh, spring, right before they shut down. I don't know if you remember, but he was on fire. But yeah, it's it's that's tough to see. I can't imagine it, but it would be it would yeah. be cool to see it. It would be cool. Maybe then they could actually trade him too. There are. Uh, that's. I will say, and I know, kind of mentioned this, but. There isn't much that's going to shock me. I really think that there is just so much randomness coming here in these 60 games. I just I think that halfway through, most of the teams are going to be in it. And I've made you know some comments about like, oh, we could see a bunch of prospects. And I just think it's almost like a throw a bunch of stuff at the wall and see what sticks type of season, you know. And it could just be anybody and. There's not too many of these that I'm like, that's crazy, I, or anything that anybody would say. You know, I think a lot of different things can happen. I'm not willing to dismiss a lot of these guys. You know, like I actually, like we were kind of mentioning, we were talking about Robert. I thought about making Robert my AL MVP. Yeah, and that is, like I said, it's just part of the randomness. If you just catch him on a hot streak, you know, I did. Mm-hmm. And I think they'll be good. I mean, like I said, I don't think that plays a major factor anymore. But, yeah, there's just so many ways it could go. I, there's a lot of teams I feel like they could win it or make the playoffs or, you know, all kinds of stuff. Aside from, like, Baltimore and Baltimore. a few others. Yeah. <laughs> Poor Baltimore. We just keep picking on them. But then again, they're, do you see the, they're pretty Do you bad. see the comment about Adley? No, I didn't. The, uh, what, what have we got? The GM said, Adley won't be up unless we're in the playoff race. <laughs> <laughs> and I wanted to just be like, you could have just said Adley won't be up. <laughs> <laughs> or it was something, oh my gosh. Know, something like that. It was basically that. It was not word for, That's not amazing. Word, for word, but I was just like, why'd you waste those last few words? <laughs> <laughs> This podcast is going to continue going unless the um, Cardinals sign me to go pitch for them this year. (laughs) Might have a better shot. All right. Well, that was a lot of fun, Andrew. We have baseball in a couple days. Can't wait. And I thought I'd finish this off just with a fun little finish, which is our first game of the year is in two night is in Thursday night. And if we got the Nats and, Yankees, Garrett Cole versus Scherzer. Give me a winner. Give me a score. 3-2 Nets. I'm going to go 3-1 Yankees. I I think a couple solo homers. I think there's a whole lot of strikeouts. Yeah. People are saying that the bats are behind the pitchers right now, and those two are ready to go to where I think a few solo home runs happen, maybe one late. And, yep, I'll, I'll, I'll go 3-1. So we're both saying low score. Yep. It'll be fun. All right. Yep. 
and we will be back soon. The next time we are back, there will be baseball going on, or we there better be. Yeah, there definitely <laughs> better be. How now? Let's not even go there. I was sitting there thinking about your vacation. Let's just let no. You'll be watching lots of baseball that week. Oh, I've already thought. Oh, yeah, podcast. I've already thought. Like, what if? But I don't want to think about it. So no, let's not think about that because. Got my uh, got one draft tomorrow before season starts. Twelve team redraft online championship on NFBC. I've got the eleventh pick. So, so you're around the back of the yeah. Way. I've already I've been uh, I've been weighing the trout thing because if he's there, it's like like we said we don't want to make the decision. I don't know. I think I would now. I don't know if I would have a week ago. I think the more I've thought about it, I think I I'm more would. I'm I more likely I'd... to do it in twelve team. There's probably a good chance he's gone, but I mean I'm just saying yes. if he's there, that's what you're kind of you know, thinking about if if it's up in the air at all for you. So the fact that they're announced that he's with the team now, that he's playing and he's gonna play opening day, I think that's going to cool a lot of concerns to where yeah, I think He'll go top five, top seven. Yeah, the latest. That's fine. If he's there at eleven, I was never, I was never really concerned about opening day. It's more about when he has to leave. So it's just, yeah, it's just a headache. I'm not a hundred percent. I want to deal with, but obviously it's Mike Trout. So maybe I go with it. I don't know. I got to consider all my options. I guess. Yeah, because you know you're missing them. Some. Yeah, that's that's a definite. Well, good luck to you in that draft, and we'll be back in a week or two. We'll we'll have some baseball games and stats and all that to talk about. And until then, take care, everybody. Yeah, take care, guys. Thanks again for listening to the Baseball 365 Podcast with Justin Hughes and Andrew McQuiston. Be sure to check the show notes for all the details on today's episode, along with quick links to Facebook and Twitter. If you have a question, a comment, or a suggestion, We would love to hear from you. You can find us at the Baseball 365 Facebook group or send an email to us, baseball365pod at gmail.com. And if you like the show, take a moment, rate us on iTunes. And once again, please join the Baseball 365 community on Facebook. That's where baseball lives 365 days a year.